is a segment on oncologic outcome comparing sentinel lymph node versus comprehensive lymphadenectomy data. To the best of my knowledge, um, there is no um, data other than MSK Mayo data that were a series of papers published in GYN oncology. The first paper is uh, lead author Anna Gerda Erickson looking at sentinel lymph nodes versus comprehensive pelvic and periaortic lymph nodes in low-risk patients, endometrioid subtype less than 50% myoinvasion. In the Mayo cohort, patients who underwent lymph node dissection with endometrioid histology less than 50% myoinvasion were those who did not meet their Mayo criteria, so grade 3 tumors greater than 2 centimeters. The MSK patients uh, were all comers, uh, endometrioid less than 50% myoinvasion. Patients who were macro or micrometastatic node positive were considered node positive, and in this paper, ITCs were also considered uh, positive nodes, but were designated N0I positive. Results in this trial showed positive pelvic lymph nodes were detected in 5% of SLN cases versus 2.5% of lymph node uh, dissection cases, which was statistically significant. Positive periaortic lymph nodes were found in 1% approximately in both cohorts, which was not statistically significant. The three-year disease-free survival was 95% in sentinel lymph node patients and 97% in lymph node dissection patients, not significant. And overall survival was also between 95 and 97% between the cohorts and not di significantly different. The isolated node-free recurrence rate at three years was nine, over 99% in both cohorts. These data support either strategy, sentinel lymph nodes or comprehensive lymphadenectomy. Key points that were raised in the background of this paper we have two randomized control trials showing us that systematic pelvic lymph node dissection does not improve disease-free and overall survival. Number two, surgical staging is most important, not number of lymph nodes. So it's the, the key point raised is that lymph node assessment is important in endometrial cancer, not number of lymph nodes removed. And this was supported by a CAR-T analysis showing that surgical staging um, was the most prognostic factor for overall survival in endometrial cancer. Number three, uterine factors are less accurate predictors of recurrence than lymph node status. So the detection of lymph node positive positivity is very important, further underscoring the importance of staging. That includes lymph node assessment. The authors in this paper also point out that the risk of pelvic lymph node metastases in patients with less than 50% myoinvasion is approximately 5% when you look at the Kreisman GOG33 data and Chi et al., which was an updated um, series looking at the more modern FIGO staging. And lymph, lymph node dissection confers a 23% risk of long-term lymphedema. Because there is no uniform practice of surgical staging in uterine confined endometrial cancer, sentinel lymph node assessment is a middle ground that minimizes morbidity and maximizes nodal detection. 
Because the goal of staging in uterine confined endometrial cancer is to do as little harm as possible while adequately evaluating the node status, the SLN algorithm both minimizes false negative rates and maximizes uh, recovery and uh, decreases risk of morbidity. The authors point out there can be residual positive lymph nodes with at the SLN approach, and the importance of this regarding disease-free and overall survival isn't totally clear um, as patients receive adjuvant therapy in node-positive disease. The next in the series of MSK Mayo papers, lead author Jennifer Ducey, <clears throat> looking at the higher-risk endometrioid cohort. This included intermediate risk any grade greater than 50% myoinvasion, serous and clear cell any myoinvasion, and as in the prior publication by Anna Gerda Erickson, ITC's micro and macro nodes were all considered positive in this paper. There were roughly 200 patients in the Mayo cohort that underwent comprehensive lymphadenectomy and 200 patients in the MSK cohort that underwent sentinel lymph node assessment. Some points that were raised in the background of this paper. GOG33 was a surgical pathologic study only that focused on assessing patterns of disease spread, emphasizing um, their findings supported lymph node assessment and lymph node dissection. <clears throat> pro-lymphadenectomy, a point raised is that lymphadenectomy is an accurate nodal assessment and perhaps therapeutic benefit. A con to lymphadenectomy is the extensive surgery and morbidity associated with it, and randomized, <coughs> randomized controlled trials show pelvic lymph node dissection is not therapeutic and not associated with survival advantage. The authors point out with intermediate and high-risk patients, what are we missing with the sentinel lymph node approach? They note there's an increased risk of positive periaortic lymph nodes um, and leaving positive nodes behind. There's an increased risk of isolated periodic lymph node metastases um, and missing 3C disease with the sentinel lymph node approach. They also note that the risk of node positivity and high-risk intermediate risk cancers are upwards of 30% based on GOG33 data. The findings in this paper <clears throat> in the intermediate risk cohort show 3C1 detection was 32% in the sentinel lymph node cohort and 11% in the lymph node dissection cohort, which was statistically significant. 3C2 detection was 4% in the, in the sentinel lymph node cohort versus 17% in, this, in the lymph node dissection cohort, which was statistically significant. Median numbers of pelvic lymph nodes were um, between one and two, uh, pardon, median number of positive pelvic lymph nodes was between one and two and not statistically significant between the two groups. Para-aortic lymph node removal was 34% of SLN patients and 90% of comprehensive lymph node dissection patients, statistically significant. Positive para-aortic lymph nodes were detected in 10% of the SLN patients and 20% of the lymph node dissection patients, but this was not statistically significant. When looking at the entire cohort, positive periaortic lymph nodes were found in 4% of SLN patients and 19% of comprehensive lymphadenectomy patients, which was statistically significant. 3C detection was 
similar and not statistically significant at approximately 30% in both groups. 3C2 detection was 4% in the sentinel lymph node group and 17% in the lymph node dissection group, and that was statistically significant. Patients with higher ri high risk serous clear cell NMIO invasion represented 120 SLN patients and 100 lymph node dissection patients. Pelvic lymph node dissection was performed in nearly 100% of the SLN patients and 85% of lymph node dissection patients, which was statistically significant. Pelvic lymph nodes removed 11 versus 30 in the lymph node dissection arm, statistically significant. Positive pelvic lymph nodes, in other words, 3C1 disease, was 20% in both groups. Paraaortic lymph nodes were performed in roughly 50% of SLN patients and 80% of lymph node dissection patients, and this was statistically significant. There were four paraaortic lymph nodes removed in the SLN cohort and 17 in the lymph node dissection cohort, and that was statistically significant. The positive periodic lymph node detection rate in three, so 3C2 detection among all patients, even those without periodic lymph node assessment, was 8% in the sentinel lymph node cohort and 13% in the lymph node dissection cohort and was not statistically significantly different. Overall 3C disease detection was 20, roughly 20% in both groups, and overall 3C2 detection was 8 to 10% and overall not different between the groups. The authors point out that older studies show benefit to lymph node dissection, but these were retrospective, um, and these were also compared against patients who did not have any lymph node dissection, and point out that SLN is a middle ground. Also pointed out in the discussion that if pelvic lymph nodes were negative, the risk of an isolated periaortic lymph node met was 2%, as pointed out in GOG 33, and 1.6% in a paper written uh, by Aborestum et al. They also point out if pelvic lymph nodes are positive, the risk of periaortic lymph node metastases is about 3% in GOG33. So basically a total of roughly 5% of um, node positive patients may be missed in the periaortic region, either because your pelvic lymph node is negative um, and you have failed to assess um, the periaortic region, or your pelvic lymph nodes are positive and there are additional periaortic lymph nodes um, that you have not assessed or removed. So major findings from the high-risk MSK Mayo cohort paper is that there is more 3C1 detection in the intermediate risk cohort using the SLN approach and more 3C2 detection in the lymph node dissection cohort um, in the intermediate risk group patients with no uh, statistically significant increased number of positive pelvic lymph nodes um, across the groups. There were no statistically significant differences in periodic, positive periodic lymph nodes in the intermediate risk cohort. In the overall cohort, there were more periodic lymph nodes detected in comprehensive lymphadenectomy patients, and 3C detection rates overall were, un, were not different across the groups, although 3C2 detection was um, 
more common in lymph node dissection patients. Oncologic outcomes were not reported in uh, this particular paper. The third in the series of MSK Mayo papers is um, lead author Brooke Schlappi, looking at the cohort of patients that Jennifer Ducey had written about, the outer, the greater than 50% myo-invasion, any grade, SLN versus lymph node dissection. And this paper focused on oncologic follow-up in all patients, and then also focused on oncologic follow-up in the node-negative patients in the two cohorts. They point out that intermediate risk patients have approximately a 20% risk of nodal metastases in endometrioid histology, outer half invasion. In their cohort of SLN and lymph node dissection patients, uh, median follow-up was 2.6 years in the SLN cohort and 2.8 years in the lymph node dissection cohort. They noted no statistically significant association between type of node assessment and recurrence their adjusted hazard ratio was 0.87 uh, for progression-free survival, uh, which was not statistically significant, and 0.77 in non-vaginal progression-free survival, also not statistically significant. They also um, assessed type of node assessment and the risk of death, and the hazard ratio was 2.54, the adjusted hazard ratio for age and adjuvant therapy, and this was not statistically significant. The authors point out factors that were associated with overall survival using multivariable analysis was stage three disease and adjuvant therapy. Now, specifically in the patients who had negative lymph nodes with either SLN or lymph node dissection assessment, the progression-free survival hazard ratio was 0.69 the non-vaginal progression-free survival hazard ratio was 0.67, and the overall survival hazard ratio was 0.81. None of these were statistically significant, indicating that SLN versus lymph node dissection conferred no um, detriment with regards to progression-free survival, non-vaginal progression-free survival, and overall survival. And looking at all the patients in both the cohorts, patients who had cervical involvement did show an association with, with progression-free survival with a hazard ratio of over three, which was statistically significant. The authors also looked at um, overall survival using univariate analysis, looking at factors such as age, LVI, positive WASH, and stage three disease. And they noted the... Um, Hazard ratio was 2.53 for every 10-year increase in age. Hazard ratios was 3.75 if presence of LVI. Hazard ratio was 3.9, presence of positive wash. <clears throat> and hazard ratio of 12.7 uh, with stage 3 disease. They did not perform multivariable analysis because there were only 14 deaths within three years in the cohort studied. There were 11 recurrences in each cohort, SLN and lymph node dissection, within the three-year uh, three time period, 20% SLN and 15% lymph node dissection, um, and this was in patients with negative lymph nodes or no lymph nodes. So recurrences, 20% uh, in SLN, 15% in lymph node dissection, and this was in intermediate 
risk patients, outer half invasion, um, any, any grade. 36% of the recurrences were nodal. So those were four of those 11 patients. Authors note similar oncologic outcomes with the use of SLN versus lymph node dissection in patients with increased risk of nodal metastases. The false negative rate of the SLN approach, they point out, is 2%, and this stays low as long as you follow the NCCN algorithm. Lymphedema is reported to be about 1% with SLN patients in retrospective um, studies, and about 20% and higher with lymph node dissection, which further supports the SLN approach given that oncologic outcomes are similar. Um, There's also a report by Lateo that the authors bring up that was... um, reported an abstract at SGO, that lymph node dissection is an independent association for lymphedema versus sentinel lymph nodes with an odds ratio of 1.8 in patients who self-report lymphedema. And these results were controlled for body mass index and the um, use of RT or not. Of the most recent um, paper now is looking at MSK data only, and lead author Alessia Aloisi, and this was looking at first recurrence in sentinel lymph node evaluated patients with 3C1 disease. So they had detected positive pelvic nodes using the SLN algorithm um, in 200 patients, and they these authors looked at patterns of first recurrence. So patients who basically had not had periaortic lymph node assessment because the critique of SLN approach is you are not assessing the periaortics and so you're missing um, roughly, you know, three to 5% of periaortic nodal metastases, whether they're isolated periaortic nodal metastases in the presence of negative pelvic SLNs or whether they're additional positive periaortic lymph nodes in the presence of positive pelvic lymph nodes. They uh, report a three-year disease-free survival of 67% and a three-year overall survival of 86%. When they break it down by endometrioid versus non-endometrioid, they note three-year disease-free survival is 81% in endometrioid patients and 40% in non-endometrioid patients, and this is statistically significant. A three-year overall survival of 97% in endometrioid patients versus 66% in non-endometrioid patients. This really shows us that endometrioid is a um, more favorable histopathology compared with serous clear cell. Um, 30% of patients recurred. So 3C1 disease, um, many of whom received adjuvant therapy, uh, experienced a 30% recurrence rate. 8% of those patients were multi-site recurrence. 8% were abdominal, 7% were extra abdominal, and 8% were isolated nodal periaortic, uh, isolated nodal metastases. So I guess the simplest way to remember these 30% recurrence patients is like the eights. Eight multi, eight abdominal, eight extra abdominal, eight isolated nodal. This represented 17 patients in this cohort of 200 patients. Among the isolated nodal recurrences, 4% were paraaortic lymph nodes, and that was a total of eight patients. 
in patients who had ITCs at the time of their staging, so they were, you know, N0I positive, so pseudo 3C1s, they experienced a 17% recurrence rate. Patients with micro or macro metastatic node disease at the time of their initial staging experienced a 37% recurrence rate. And on multivariable analysis, histology only was associated with recurrence with a hazard ratio of 7.88, which was statistically significant. So again, key features to this really important paper. Disease-free survival at three years and overall survival at three years was overall be excellent in endometrioid histology in 3C1 disease detected using the SLN approach and overall poorer in non-endometrioid histology patients um, showing us that histology is associated with recurrence with a hazard ratio of 7.88. Um, patients with recurrence, there were 30% in this cohort, 8% were isolated nodal, 4% were isolated para-aortic nodal recurrences. So overall a very small number in the cohort. The vast majority were multi-site or abdominal, extra-abdominal. Patients with ITCs, even those with treatment, had a 17% recurrence risk at three years um, compared with 37% uh, recurrence risk in micro and macro metastatic nodal disease, showing us that ITC patients um, may not be true 3C1s like micro and macro, macro metastatic nodes, but are definitely... Um, higher risk patients than uterine confined disease. The authors point out there is a lack of consensus on how to best assess pelvic lymph nodes and limited guidance on periaortic lymph node evaluation. Um, they note that in their background discussion, 50 to 60% of women with positive pelvic lymph nodes will also have positive periaortic lymph nodes. And this is from the Mayo paper, Mariani. Um, thus, um, the importance of tailoring your adjuvant therapy if you do have a positive uh, pelvic lymph node, um, tailoring your adjuvant therapy to address that risk. Um, in patients who had stage 3C1 and no periodic lymph node assessed in those 200 patients, 34% um, were ITC positive, 4% were micropositive, and 62% were macropositive. 96% of these patients received adjuvant therapy, 68% of which had chemo plus RT. Most patients with ITCs received treatment. Two, only two were observed. Otherwise, chemo versus chemo RT was used. So this really strongly supports the idea that ITC-positive patients do merit some consideration of um, the ITC positivity as their recurrence risk is 17%. The authors... Um, in this paper conclude that isolated periaortic lymph node metastases are uncommon um, at, at 4% in patients who had no paraaortic lymph node evaluation who received post-op adjuvant therapy. And the increased risk of recurrence was seen with non-endometrioid histology types. Um, there was also a two-fold increased recurrence in uh, ITC patients um, from ITC patients to micro and macro metastatic patients, so 17% versus 37%.